I have the honor and privilege of reading this passage in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. You've been following along with us. Uh, you know, we're, we're really trying to capture uh, the feel, the excitement, the anticipation of Jesus' birth. And Luke chapter 2 is a, is a um, chapter that my family reads uh, every year together around this time of the year because we, we want to remember uh, why we're doing what we do in the first place. And uh, I'll start reading here in verse 22. It says, when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took, to, took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. That's set apart for the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. If you were wealthy, you, could, you would be expected to give a ram or a lamb. If you were poor, then you could give two doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And by the way, a sword will pierce your heart also. Have you ever been told to expect a gift but wasn't given a specific date or time? of its delivery. All you had to go on was the promise that this gift is going to change your life. This is going to be the best thing that's happened to you since sliced bread or whatever your favorite thing is. And all you had to do was hang on to that promise. It's coming. You just don't know when. You don't know how, but you know it's coming. You know, for me, that was my kids. When my wife and I found out that we were pregnant, yes, we, <laughs> first we had to wait 
to find out the gender. And that was a painful process in and of itself because I wanted to know what we were having. And then we had to wait for the actual birth. And I remember waiting in expectation, looking at my phone, hoping and praying for a call from my wife or a text or an email or carry a pigeon or something. I'm thinking, hey, can we speed this up? I mean, I've been waiting. You know, she's been in your belly for, for all this time. And can you do some jumping jacks? I mean, what can we do to speed this process up? I'm, I'm, I'm getting restless here. And then it happened. While at work, I got the call. Hey, you need to come down to the hospital. They're going to keep me. Your daughter's on the way. And I remember the excitement, the fear, the anticipation, the terror, all these emotions that I'd never felt before as a first-time expectant father. Man, this gift is coming. It's finally here. And little Siani was born into the world. And then several years later, the same anticipation, the same fear, the same emotional roller coaster, and Noah Warren appeared. In case you didn't know, he was that little one dancing up here. <laughs> Proud of you, son. The Israelites were also expecting a gift from God that had been promised hundreds of years before this account that we read today. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, God had promised a king to deliver Israel from oppression. While they were in exile, they were apart from God. They were no longer considered a threat to other countries. Countries and nations trembled at the sight of the Israelite people. But they had become a people who were scorned, a people who were scoffed at, people who no longer posed a threat, a people who no longer held up the law of God. And so there were people who were longing to be restored to that greatness, who, who were longing and waiting for someone to save them from the oppression. And you can imagine stories of parents and grandparents telling their children that a Savior, someone is coming because God promised that someone's going to come and save us once again from the bondage of slavery. So you can imagine the disappointment year after year after year, generation after generation, and still the gift had not arrived. For centuries, God's people eagerly awaited this precious gift. Simeon waited his entire life. So you can imagine the excitement in his heart when he, of all people, got to hold baby Jesus in his arms. 
He got to be the one to take the sacrifice that was required for baby Jesus. He got to witness the miracle that had been promised for so long. You know, there are not many people I envy. He's one of them. I mean, imagine saying that you held Jesus in your arms. Imagine having that as your breath. You know how people talk about, you know, their babies and they, they pull out pictures and, 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 you know, we like to share about our kids and our grandkids, our nieces, nephews and all that. Imagine someone saying, hey, I can trump that. Have you ever held Jesus? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comfort or peace of Israel. He was promised that he would not see death before he saw Jesus. How long are you willing to wait for something before you decided that you waited long enough? Waiting in the checkout line before you, you decide, you know what, I'm out. She looks stressed out anyway. How long were you willing to wait, hold on to a phone call before you decide, you know what, I've waited too long, I'm hanging up? How about at a fast food, emphasis on fast, before you decide at the drive-thru, it's not fast enough, I'm out, I'm speaking from experience. How long are you willing to wait for God to fix what's broken in your life before you decide that God's taking too long? I need to take matters into my own hands. Simeon waited his whole life for that gift. And God, being faithful as he is, delivered that gift and the promise that was attached to it. The reason he waited for so long was because of the promise that was attached to the gift and what that gift could do in his life. You know, if you know what something can do, if you know that it's worth the wait, I believe most people are willing to wait. I believe most people are willing to wait. You know, sometimes we make mistakes and things in our lives get broken, just like toys. Sometimes a little gorilla tape will fix it. Sometimes a little, you know, uh, super glue will put it back together. But there are things in your life that's going to need a little more than gorilla tape and glue to fix. And the only way you can fix them is with Jesus. There are just things in your life you are not going to be able to fix with therapy, with counseling, with medication, with a change in your diet. You're not even going to be able to change it with the spouse or more children or more money or higher position or more education or less debt, less children without your spouse. 
There are just things that's in your life that's broken that can only be fixed by God. You know, no one goes into a store planning to break things. Especially in a store where they're very expensive items. When my kids were small and my wife and I would take them shopping with us, we had that talk. You know what I'm talking about, parents. Don't touch anything. Because if you break it, we can't afford to fix it or replace it. There are things in your life that's broken that you cannot afford to fix. God knew that. Tap this son, mankind is broken. Lambs can't fix it. Sacrificing sheep is not going to fix it. Consecrating their firstborn is not going to fix it. Sacrificing bulls, offerings, it's not going to fix it. I need you to go down there and fix it. And God, being the humble God that he is, didn't just appear as Jesus. He wanted to understand what you and I go through. So he went through life from a child to an adult so that he could say, yes, I also felt the burning desire of temptation. Yes, I also went to battle with Satan. Yes, I know what it feels like to desire things that are ungodly and not what we want for you. I overcame, and I'm going to help you do the same thing. But we got to accept the gift. We have to be willing, just as Simeon, to allow God to fix what's broken in our lives. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, it says, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Jesus paid for our mistakes so that you and I wouldn't have to. Peter said that he died so that we could live for what is right. And that's our gift to him. It's the grace that we were shown. Our response is, you know what? I'm not going to live the way I used to. I'm going to live the way I'm supposed to. And that's a life of gratitude for you. There is nothing in my life that I am not willing to give up because of what you've done for me. There's nothing in my life that I will hold back from you because of what you've done for me. That's gratitude. What do you want me to change, Lord? What do you want me to give up? What must I sacrifice? What must I change? We spend too much of our lives waiting for circumstances to change around us before we change. You'll never change if that's how you think. Simeon was moved by the Spirit to go to church that day. You're not here by coincidence, 
Maybe somebody's phone call or text message that reminds you moved you, but the Spirit moved them to invite you. Had he had not shown up, guess what? He would have missed the opportunity to receive God's gift that he had been waiting all his life for. You know, some of you here today have been waiting for God or waiting for something in your life to change. Some of you here today have been waiting, praying, hoping for a breakthrough. I don't believe that there's a coincidence. I believe just as Simeon was at the right place at the right time, so are you. And God wants to give you a gift that will change your life forever. Forever. If you only accept it. You know, as we pray for the, con- the, the, the communion, we're going to pray for the bread that represents the body that Jesus came to earth to take on, which was broken, beaten, disrespected, all for the sake of our salvation. And then we're going to take the juice, which represents the blood that flowed from Jesus' body, the very blood that was pure enough to wipe away our sin and usher in our salvation. So this isn't a time for us to just do something that comes a part of our service. This is a time for us to truly reflect on how grateful we need to be for a God who came down to earth as a man to take our place on the cross. So with that in mind, let's go to God in a word of prayer. Our gracious God and Father, we come before you to worship and adore you. Lord, we know that the promise you made to Simeon is also available to us, that our eyes will see your salvation if we look to you, if we wait patiently for your deliverance, and if we only allow you the opportunity to work in our lives. Father, I pray that as we take the bread, which represents the body of Christ, that you will help us to remember the physical sacrifice made on our behalf. And Father, I pray that as we take the juice, that you'll help us to remember the blood that continually washes us clean, that the cost for sin is blood, and that instead of taking our blood, you accepted Jesus' blood as a ransom for our souls. Help us to never forget the sacrifice made for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.